Welcome to the long and short of the week ahead, a production of Horizon SLJ Capital that takes a look at the macroeconomic themes of the week ahead and has been recorded for professional investors. My name is Matt Jones, Head of Distribution for Horizon SLJ Capital, and I'm joined by Neil Staines, Senior Portfolio Manager. Welcome, Neil. Good to have you back again. Thank you, Matthew. Nice to see you again. So as we as we look into the week ahead, I think there's a there's quite a few points to to touch on. I think it's fair to say that things are certainly heating up, certainly from the weather perspective in the UK over the weekend. But also as we look into the week, potentially a bit of a slower start, but then a bit of a crescendo at the end when it comes to uh, to, to data. So as you look into the week ahead, what have you got your eye on? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. I mean, I think you know it's been a relatively complex week and a relatively complex period for financial markets with some familiar themes dominating the narrative. You know, the, the growth outlook and growth differentials amid what is, uh, you know, intensifying concerns on inflation and on COVID variants. On the monetary front this week, we get the minutes from the uh, RBA and the Bank of Japan. Potentially some interesting commentary on the Bank of Japan's recent foray into green loans and bonds, uh, and in particular on the foreign-denominated segment of their green bond purchases that was pledged just this week. And possibly some interesting thoughts on yield curve control pledge from the RBA. Uh, It's going to be very interesting and very difficult, actually, I think, uh, the communication around the unwind of the yield curve control uh, as we move towards policy normalisation in Australia. So that may be uh, of specific interest as well. But uh, the main column inches, if you will, uh, will be occupied by the ECB meeting on Thursday. So following the announcement uh, a week ago, with the conclusions uh, to the ECB's monetary policy review, you might have been forgiven for thinking that the July meeting would be a bit of a non-event. However, the monetary policy review essentially changed very little. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, mild changes to the analysis and implementation on climate and housing but little really beyond a kind of semantic change to the inflation target, making it symmetric uh, from close to but below 2%. But Lagarde's commentary uh, at the start of this week highlighted a possible change uh, to policy uh, at the July meeting. So I think it's going to be a bit of a focus. You know, we expect the ECB to address the transition from uh, the PET program, the emergency asset purchase program, to the uh, asset purchase program or the traditional QE program uh, at the at the end of March when PEP expires. And I think they want to give notification ahead of the summer recess. So I think that's really the core focus, likely pledging to maintain accommodation, at least while uh, inflation remains well short of target policy horizon. Uh, but we'll watch that with close interest. Secondly, after a slow start to the week on the data front, Friday brings flash global PMIs for July. We've previously noted that you know the China growth moderation, and, and this is something that uh, our analysis has discussed for several months now, but it's only recently being uh, more of a broad focus for markets. And, and the potential of this, potential implications of this for economies that are dependent on Chinese demand. Uh, so global PMIs and uh, you know the continuation of the global recovery story uh, against a backdrop of uh, changing or rising prices and rising COVID rates and, you know, potentially the implications of a China slowdown. I think that's going to be a big focus uh, for markets at the back end of this week. 
And then lastly, back to the UK. UK retail sales on Friday, I think, will be an interesting uh, moot point, uh, you know, bringing together a number of specific themes that have been a focus of late. Firstly, the recent hawkish pivot from the Bank of England, I think, is an interesting, uh, certainly worth a comment. You know, three uh, independent MPC members this week, Saunders, Cunliffe and, and Ramsden, commented on the need or the likely need for the removal of accommodation in the UK relatively soon. Also, both commenting on the discussion around uh, potentially ending the announced QE purchases early before they expire at the end of this year. Um, you know, this goes against uh, a large proportion of the market that were expecting the hawkishness of the Bank of England to dissipate with the end of Andy Haldane's reign as chief economist. You know, and also, you know, a recent surge in UK COVID cases is a big focus. You know, the UK retail sales will focus that attention, you know, uh, possibly a function of the UK testing more than the rest of Europe combined. But it's certainly a worry, uh, the rising cases as the UK is set to open its stage four re reopening process. Uh, this may possibly lead to a wobbling number 10. So look out for uh, some kind of last minute retaining of restrictions, perhaps. Uh, ultimately, though, we continue to see you know, a firm consumer-led recovery in the UK uh, and a currency supported by, uh, you know, MPC's newfound hawkishness, uh, but a COVID focus for the UK and, uh, you know, particularly where you know, the UK has a high vaccination rate, that COVID focus will draw the attention of the rest of the world. Thank you, Neil. Uh, as ever, plenty to be focusing on uh, during the week ahead obviously especially heating up towards the end of the week. Not to get too ahead of myself, but of course the end of the week does see the start of uh, the Olympics. But in the meantime, looking to this weekend, as the UK basks in, in what could be a mini heatwave, what have you got your eye on? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Another great weekend for sport. We really uh, are very spoiled recently. Formula One comes home, even if football doesn't. Uh, I'm not sure about the validity of that statement. But not only will there be the return of fans, I think we're expecting somewhere around 140,000 over the weekend at Silverstone. Uh, there'll also be the introduction of a new format, uh, which should be fascinating. Saturday afternoon, we'll have a sprint qualifying race uh, that will decide the grid for the full Grand Prix on Sunday. Fascinating stuff. Secondly, we have uh, the Open Golf Championship. Uh, Royal St George's in the UK. It looks set to be a fascinating conclusion with some incredible scoring in early rounds uh, on what may still yet prove uh, to be a tricky golf course. The excitement will certainly be enough uh, to keep me out of the sunshine uh, on Sunday. Thirdly, we have rugby, the British and Irish Lions back in action again with another warm-up match ahead of the South Africa Test Series. And the Tour de France runs through Saint-Emilion uh, to end on the Champs-Élysées on Sunday, uh, crowning the winner in the yellow jersey. Wonderful stuff there. Lastly, you know, as you as you mentioned, the, the Olympic Games, it may be a year late. Uh, there may be no crowd, but I'm sure it will prove to be quite a spectacle nonetheless. And Matt, it might not be a bank holiday this weekend, but it looks certainly like it might be barbecue weather. Absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to that myself. Well, Neil, thank you again for joining us and uh, outlining your thoughts on the week ahead. And I look forward to catching up with you again next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for the long and short of the week ahead. Further insights are available on our website, horizonsljcapital.com forward slash insights. We look forward to you joining us again next week for more insights into macroeconomic events and the long and short of the week ahead. Hold up. 